You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Hello, I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And you're listening to the Australian Finance Podcast. A podcast where we talk about money, finance, investing, and all that good stuff. We're helping you invest your time and money better one podcast episode at a time. Yes, so please subscribe if you like the series. And don't forget you can find us on social media. We're on all the platforms. Kate, where can people go? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rask Australia. That's R-A-S-K Australia. Mm -hmm. And I'm Owen Rask on Twitter or Owen Rask AU on Instagram. Beware the imitators. People like to copy us. Without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode where we're talking about money, but we're talking about talking about money. Yes, a very important conversation to start thinking about and thinking about different ways you can have this conversation with friends, family, flatmates, houseplants, whatever you want. Plants. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to talk to a... a uh, non-real thing to start with. I was more thinking about the plants. The plants. I always thought they were called plants. <sighs> yeah, plants, plants, palmy, palmer. It's, I mean, it's open debate. But given that we're here in Victoria, it's uh, plants and it's uh, palmer, just so you know. Anyway, we're talking about money. We're talking about finance. We're talking about investing because we are talking about the thing that's probably the hardest thing for all of us. I think, Kate, that the reason our podcast exists and the reason that uh, at the time of recording, 110,000 people tune into our podcasts every month is that we can talk about money in a safe space. And one of the hardest things to do is you go and listen to this podcast, you learn about super, you become a master of ETFs, and then you go and you talk to your friend, a family member, your partner, your kids, your and parents. They don't want to hear it. They, didn't, they want nothing to do with it. It's like gambling. How do you break down that barrier and how do you support them from a distance, basically? And so, we're going to talk about that today and we're going to talk about some strategies and some things to get you thinking and to maybe try out on them. Um, you've had an experience recently where you tried to talk 
to someone about money and they're very open. And that's probably rare. Mm. It's safe to say. So where do we go from here? Why? I guess maybe why is this important? Yeah, I think it's become a lot more acceptable now to get help for other issues and to talk about things like mental health. Mm-hmm. But it's still really, I think there's still a culture of shame and fear around having financial conversations, whether it's um, talking about salary or superannuation or budgeting or getting out of debt. I feel like there's still that culture that you have to go through that alone. And yeah. we're massive fans on the podcast of breaking that that barrier that you can do it with someone else. It might not be the person you'd hope to go through it with, but there are lots of communities and you can listen to podcasts where you can start having that conversation. But I, we're big believers that talking about money might be hard right now, but if you don't talk about it long-term with loved ones, it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah, we... Um we went to the Ladies Finance Club, we're recording this, and we went to the Ladies Finance Club event last night, which is great. 80 women in the room talking about money, really simple stuff, like the absolute basics. And I was really impressed when Molly put, asked everyone, have you learned something tonight? Or one of the team did, and ev- basically everyone put up their hand, which is lovely. Um, and those ty- And I think the reason that people go to these types of things is because they want to feel like they're safe to talk about money. And I think for no, I'm just going to be there's going to be a few generalizations in this conversation. But one of the things that I'd probably say is women tend to be more open. Uh, they tend to be more, I guess, vulnerable with their insecurities about money. Men, at least in my experience and me personally, tend to cover it like put it under the rug and then move on. Like it's, we're going to be a bit more confident. It's mm-hmm. almost like we have to be more confident. To be honest, you don't. That's one thing I've learned. But I think that's like breaking down that. I think if you can break down the barrier with a friend, with a partner, with whoever, you can. It's just like a, it's like an extra superpower. You can give them something that's so important. Um, I was chatting to my stepmom recently, and uh, the Barefoot book had just come out. We heard Scott Pape on the radio talking to Husey, and she was like, you know. They get taught all this stuff and she's like, even if you go and get a great job and you do all these things, you can still be terrible with money, which is like one of the most important things. Yeah. I can't count the number of times I've spoken to people that work in a quote unquote finance industry job who say they're not good with money because what they do is very specific and that doesn't mean that they know how to invest. I've spoken to accountants that don't know how to invest. I've spoken to people that work for banks that don't know about super. So just because you are in a a well-qualified job and you've got a good income doesn't equal yeah. financial success, does it? Well, when Molly, you know, when Molly started Ladies Finance Club, she said that the the biggest demographic of people in the room at their very first event were finance people. Hmm. And you just assume, oh, you're in finance, you can do my tax return. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? Don't even think about tax. And, that you've and these are finance a, people. I've touched on a really important thing that going, you don't want to go into any of these money conversations with any assumptions. Yeah. about people because you just want to meet them where they're at. Yeah, that's so important. And to be honest, most people, it's fair to say, aren't at a very high level. Uh, and that's okay. To be honest, you don't need to be. You can start anywhere. And what I've found, Kate, you may disagree with this, is that the easiest things to learn and the simplest steps to make are also the most rewarding. Like if you think about all those th- people that are, go on the TV and talk about really complicated stuff when it comes to the economy or something, 
those people are talking about things that will are so complicated yet will never probably impact your life. And yet they've put so much time and effort into that. Whereas it's less like switch your super to growth, changes your life. You know, don't sell at the bottom, changes your life. Invest regularly, changes your life. <laughs> you know, know how much is coming in and out of your bank account every month. Changes and your have life. a loose budget and a plan for your money. Have a goal. Changes your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? A lot of those big so wins are found earlier on. Even calling up your your bank or your mortgage broker and finding a better rate on your home loan. That saves people tens of thousands yeah. of dollars over the life of their loan. Making a decision to get rid of a credit card changes your life. You know, these are everyone can do these things. Yeah, and you absolutely don't need any finance qualifications. You don't need to be an expert to do this stuff and you don't need to be an expert to start having those conversations with your friends and family because I know some people feel like that they're just, they've just figured it out online, they've just figured it out by listening to podcasts and trial and error, so they're not in a position where they could be anywhere near able to help friends or family, mm. whereas I don't think that's true. I think we all can share little bits of our journey. You're not giving your friends personal advice, but you're sharing little bits of insights into how you have taken control of your finances and started to take some steps. Like maybe you've finally sorted out your super and just telling your friends casually in conversation, oh, I sorted out my super this weekend. It wasn't that hard. I just had to spend a little bit of time researching my options and comparing. If you ever want to chat, I'm around for that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what? I've got to make a, I've got a confession to make here. The people closest to me in my personal life have never spoken to me about finance or investing. Flat out. I don't know if they're just intimidated I don't know if they think he, like he's kind of going to talk down to me. I don't know what it is, but they've never spoken to me about it. But yet I know they listen to the podcast. So maybe that's a solution, Kate. Maybe it's send them a podcast, send them something. And that's, that's a good step. Even just giving your friend a book or a podcast, maybe something a little bit friendlier than five ways to sort your super yeah. this year, <laughs> yeah. but something a little bit more fun like the that eight ways you can buy happiness, that yeah. kind of episode that we've done, um, whatever podcast or resource, just sending them a couple and that might spark a conversation. It might not, yeah. but you've at least put it out there. I don't, did I tell you about the story with my brother and getting him to listen to a podcast? Yes. Yeah, I forced him to listen to a podcast when we were driving on the coast in Byron Bay. And it was, it was a finance channel that happened to be interviewing a Delta Force soldier He's never going to listen. My, my, my bro, he, he gets it. He ain't going to listen to budgeting or investing, but he will listen to some special forces dude talk about how he captured Saddam Hussein. Now, he might subscribe to that podcast series and listen to the next episode, which might be on more financy stuff. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And maybe that's a gateway in. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think dropping those... Not everyone's going to want to just launch into a conversation about their own finances. So even just dropping hints saying, oh, I found this way to save money on my car insurance this year, or oh, I finally sorted out my budget over the weekend or my yeah. super, or oh, I've just, I've been saving up for 12 months to go on this trip and I finally went on it and it was absolutely amazing. Dropping those small hints as such into conversation just shows that you're a safe person to talk about money with because- you're showing your friends and your family, like, I'm comfortable having these conversations. So if you ever want to talk to me about this, I'm happy to have those conversations. I'm the gal. I'm the guy. Come talk to me. Um, yeah, because we feel really alone and often judged about our money and our spending habits. No one wants their bank statements reviewed. We have to have them reviewed when we go for a home loan. Yeah. But most of us would not want to open up our bank account and I don't even show want to look our at mine. friend. I don't want to look at it. 
And just when you go, like, <laughs> this is how much I spent at this store, we often feel really guilty when we might have spent money intentionally on those areas, but mm. still we feel a lot of shame and guilt about just our spending habits. I even get ashamed. Like, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Like, if I'm going to, like, the bakery and I'm getting, like, a really nice vanilla slice and there's always that vanilla slice that's, like, half on the edge, it's broken, it looks completely crap, I'll get that one and I won't have the bravery to be like, ah, can I have the other one? You know, like, I'm so... Well, you asked for extra spinach on your Subway last night. Yeah, but because so like you a, pushed me to do it. Yeah, they at Subway, they gave Owen two single spinach leaves on his full full length sub. And I was like, um, maybe you want a few more than that. And so that was the first asked. time I've ever asked for really? more. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my friend Ryan does it too. And, and I'm like, I'm just never brave enough. But it's the same attitude with finances. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to review it. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I don't want to look at it. And a lot of people are like that. A lot of guys too, like we do it, investing, we do it, we just don't look at it. But I think confronting that, when I say confronting it, I mean just like being okay with making that mistake or not being that person and being aware is fine. Kate, you said there are three things before we hit record, which I hadn't heard you say before, which are the three essentials to talking about money, but also just learning about money. Yeah. Those three things- that I, I'm seeing is really important at the moment. And the first one is education. So the more you learn about money and personal finance and maybe some of the different tools you can use, the more you feel empowered to make positive financial decisions because it's really hard to start making decisions if you don't know uh, where your finances fit in that overall context. So if you, mm. if you don't know what other super options or you don't know what the difference between a um, conservative super fund and a high growth super fund, it's really hard to actually then make a decision. So learning a bit, you don't need to know everything to get started. That's that's something that I want to stress because some yeah. people feel like they need to know every single thing about the superannuation industry, which I don't recommend because it's thousands of pages of legislation. So you don't need to know that. Most people in the super industry don't. Yeah. But you just want to know some of those building blocks and whether it's checking out our free super course you want to check our starter pack series? Yeah, we did an episode on super in January, which you can check out. But just some of those basic building blocks, spend a couple of hours so then you can make a decision about your super with more confidence. Yeah. And so in the first instance, you're not going to go and listen to that episode just on super. You might start with the episode on what is finance kind of thing, like what is money? Yeah. Um, and then you go and you figure out what those things are. But I think education is super important. There yeah. are the two others, though, I think, uh, when it comes to conversations, are probably more important. Yeah. So the second one is patience, because sorting out your finances is not going to happen overnight. And like most good things, it does take time. And you're going to have to put 30 minutes aside every week to work on your finances, especially in the first year. If this is all really new to you, you need to give yourself time, because mm. if you try to tackle this you just say, this is my life admin day. I'm going to sort my whole financial life out in one day. It's going to be really overwhelming. Mm. And it will probably put you off dealing with your finances at all. It'll get buried under the rug and you'll come back to it in a few years' time. And it, it would be it's even harder to do that when you're talking to a friend or family member or a partner because you don't have control. Yeah. And you can't take control because if you take control- It's not their journey. Yeah. And it's going to be painful for you, right? Yeah. You can't, you're not responsible for anyone else. All you can do is guide them. Yeah. You can show the horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Um, yeah. Not to say that your friend looks like a horse, but, you know, that's the- You that's have the, to be patient with your yeah. friends and family. And sometimes I've dropped little hints and years later, they've come to me and said, okay, now finally I'm ready to talk about budgeting. Yeah. And that's 
that's because I haven't pushed it, but they know that I'm there. I'm happy to talk to them if they want it, but I'm not going to push anything on them. And so years later, they might come and say, okay, I'm ready to talk about it. I've even had someone like after five years say, I finally read The Barefoot Investor. Can I chat about it? Yeah. Super cool. Uh, the final one. The final thing, is which is so probably important. the most important of all, is kindness and kindness to yourself and others. Because learning about your finances, investing, it can be scary and overwhelming when you get start, especially if you know it and those around you don't know about it. And so it's really important to be kind during that journey and take it step by step. Everyone's on a different path, everyone has different upbringings, everyone has different people who you know have guided them positively or negatively throughout life um, everyone has different insecurities about different things we're yeah. not all the same and forgiving yourself is what i've learned in 2022 is by far the most important thing yeah and we all start our journey from a different point some people start 100 meters back from the start line and some people start 30 meters in front of the start line and you don't necessarily know someone's money story. You don't understand their mindset with money. And unless they choose to share it with you, you have to really be kind in your approach talking about money. Yeah. And it takes, to be honest, these things do take time. So forgiving yourself, for uh, yeah, you got a credit card. So does a million other people. Yeah. Don't feel bad about that. You got afterpay on your phone. Cool. That's okay. We'd say get rid of it, but hey, you're, you, you know, that's okay. And- that type of like micro forgiveness is what's going to snowball for you. So when it comes to your friends, yeah, sure, they got to pay now a, buy, a payday loan. Not good financially. Doesn't look good on the spreadsheet. But I understand how you got there. We can solve that, you know. And that's just the reality of life. We all make mistakes. So yeah, and usually if someone has quite significant amount of debt, that's often taking a long time to get into that point and lots of decisions led up to that. Mm. And so it's not going to be an overnight fix. It's going to take time to get out of that financially, but also mindset-wise as well. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many like reasons why people end up in certain situations and they're often bad habits, to be honest. Um, like The education piece is important, but even if you have bad habits, you can still end up in the same trap. Yeah. So- um, and life things you can't prepare for. Yeah, sickness, divorce. addictions, divorce, whatever. Um, these things happen. Yeah. You know, natural disasters, if you ask people in New South Wales right now. So these things happen. And like you said, start line, where it can be, it can vary. Yeah. So let's talk about, Kate, how you can break down walls with people. We know the kind of framework is be kind to yourself and others. The education pays itself uh, and I guess just have the patience, particularly with others. Uh, it's, it will take years often. Yeah. So let's talk about some ways to break down those barriers. Yeah. So I've put together, well, you've put together as well, some sort of more fun and relaxed starter questions you could try um, and maybe some deeper questions as well. But one method that works for me is just talking about what I'm saving up for at the moment because yeah. that's... Everyone kind of understands that if you want to buy something, you need a bit of money for it. And so yep. talking about I'm saving up for a new laptop or saving up for a holiday to go fishing like Owen over the summer yep. um, or whatever it is, like talking about that and maybe a few ways that you've worked towards getting there. It's not asking them what they're saving for, but it's just bringing up that conversation about saving and setting goals as well. 
you just made me think Glenn James from My Million Little Money does have a boat. He loved, I think he goes fishing. There could be some synergies there. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so these are the things. And this is where I think this is for anyone listening that wants to convince their friend, partner, or anyone else in their life. Uh, isn't don't, my opinion is don't start with like the money, start yeah. with the thing. So well, what money can do for you and yeah. create or give, what opportunities it can give you in your life. You'd have to have never listened to the radio, never watched the TV, never been on social media to know that you should save money. Yeah. Like everyone knows that. So if you go to someone, you need to save money. They're going to be like, yeah, I know that, but I'm not doing it. And that didn't make me feel any better. Yeah. So what is the thing that they like? Yeah, what is going to help them save that money? Yeah. What do they want to work towards? Have you ever read the book Persuasion? No, but I think you've mentioned it to me before. So this is about convincing someone of something, like let, letting them convince themselves, but it's about putting ideas in their mind. And it's like that whole, like, you know, join the dots. They have to join the dots. You might place them, but they have to join the dots. And it's about... It's about persuasion and persuading someone before they get to which the, the fork in the road. So it's like putting signposts in that might say turn left, turn right. It's like the movie Focus, if you've seen that with Will Smith, where he basically like manipulates someone's brain before they've had to make a decision. And so this is why I think it's important to focus on the, the object, the goal, the holiday, whatever they're motivated by, and let them work backwards. Um, and I was saying to you off air, like I think one of the really important words that you want to avoid is need. Don't say, what do you need? What do you want? Because if you say to them, you need a budget, like they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm on the back foot. Need is like something that I have to do. And I know it's right, but I'm doing it wrong. You say, what do you want? What do you, where do you want to go on holiday? You know, um, if imagine you have a hundred grand, what do you do with it? Um, and then, okay, great. Let's work backwards from that. Uh, I think we can do that for all different types of goals. Uh, and we can with just let them figure out the goal. You don't know what the goal is. Yeah. Let them figure it out. So I think that's that's a really important starting base. So like what do they want to do and how do they get there? Let them figure it out is kind of my advice. Um, any tips? How would you – how would you – like you've had a conversation with a friend recently, right? Yeah. So how would you – approach that conversation now that you've had it what were some of the takeaways for you yeah so the biggest one for me was they weren't ready to talk about financial goals because they didn't even know what was coming in and out of their bank account and so talking about Mm. financial goals was already too far along in that conversation and I needed to take it back quite a bit and go they because they they asked for help so I wasn't just going to just, yeah, just um, pulled someone up on the street this hello there, them, <laughs> but we actually just went through and because like, we talked about budgeting and they'd never done a budget before so yeah. I was like okay well why don't you get your app up on your phone and we'll have a look at where do you spend money in different categories and we so we wrote some loose numbers down just on a, a piece of paper on the table and wrote sort of what's coming into their bank account from different jobs in the month, what's going out and tried to look at on average because they were like, oh, I spent this this month, but I didn't spend that much on this category last month. And so I was trying to go, okay, well, we'll just find an average in each of these clothing, groceries, entertainment categories over the last three months. 
and then tried to come up with the basic need number. So what do they need for their basic living costs to yep. live day to day? And then we came up with the the nice number, which included entertainment and going out and getting some new things some for wants. themselves. Yep. Yeah. So that was the so we had the bare minimum number and then we had the this is actually a fun life number. And then we made sure that that number was, well, firstly, it was find out if that number was less than yeah, the yeah. income. So yeah. that kind of everything had worked because they'd managed this far fine on their own, um, but they weren't quite sure all of those numbers. So we're like, well, if you have this, if you have more money coming into your bank account than this fun life number, mm. then that's good. That means you've got some money left over at the end of the month. And then you can start thinking about goals. But that wasn't the conversation to start talking about goals. So we just stuck with budgeting and working out a framework there. And that was a good place to start. And then that was enough for that night. That was good progress. Yeah. And that actually is a, a really interesting thing is that person came to you, right? I think one way that you you kind of made that happen perhaps is you talked about what you do by them knowing what you do and made you more approachable. But you don't have to be like K or I. You could just be someone that listens to this podcast regularly. Yeah. And then they know that you do that. Yeah. And the first goal really at the moment was emergency fund. Yeah. Easy. Um, the other thing I guess that you can do is you can actually just in a social setting, just inject this into the conversation. Uh, if you go to brunch yeah, or if you go to the pub, you know, guys can talk about their investments really easily, uh, even if it's good or bad. Like, own it. <laughs> yeah, you know, own it. And that it might be a bit of fun. It might be like jokes on you in the beginning, but talk about it. Yeah. Talk about your mistakes. Yeah. And then- That's a scary thing to do. But it is. But it's fun. You know, it's the only way you can probably take it. Uh, and then if you're at brunch, just talk about like, hey, I'm going on this holiday. It's going to cost me this. Here's how I save some money. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, Downloads up. And even the the question, sometimes this might be appropriate, sometimes it might not be, but if I gave you $10,000 right now, what would you spend it on? Yeah. Um, you could try a slightly larger number than that, depending how far you want to go. We always sort of toss around that. What would you do of a million dollars? Yeah, a lot of- But that might be uh, a little more out of touch. Yeah. So $10,000, what would you spend that on right now? Because it gets people to think about how they would use that money. I would go to, I would put it towards my Everest yeah. Fund. Yeah. yeah. You got your forest fund. I put it towards the Everest fund. Yeah. Um, but that might and then work be backwards. a good way to inspire them to think a little bit about, well, what are their goals? Yeah. You know, I um, I can't remember if it was with, yeah, no, it was with my psychologist recently. I had my vision board and I had like 10 things on there. And she said, pick the most ridiculous one. The one that you think is just never going to happen. And I picked Everest. Yeah. And I was like, it's never going to happen. Let's just put it on there. Well, now you've showed me the uh, airport. This. Yeah, you have to land in it the sky. It looks terrifying. So I feel like you might die on entry. You should definitely go and Google. I don't have it up here on the computer, but you should definitely go and Google um, Everest Airport in the Sky. Uh, <laughs> if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if it's the, the scariest part of going Everest. At some point, you know what's happened. <laughs> yeah, Owen has not returned from Mount Everest. Um, but that is that exercise. I was like, this is never going to happen. Like in my wildest dreams, I'm never going to go and do this thing. A super self-limiting. And then she's like, okay, well, what's the thing that you'd have to do before you go to Everest? And I was like, well, I'd have to take a plane to the, wherever I'm going. So that's a bit, okay, well, what do you do before you get on the plane? Well, I'd have to, you know, pack my bags and book tickets and make sure I've got anything. Okay, well, how do you do that? And you just work back. And then you're like, okay, all these steps have now made this thing that seemed impossible possible. Yeah, I'm going to do it, by the way, people. It, broken it up into <laughs> 20 steps and 
probably the first one is uh, getting fit enough that you can yeah. make it a few steps up the mountain and then saving the money. And you're going, okay, what does that whole activity cost and how can I break that down yeah. over the next six months before I go? Yeah, so that you can do this with anything. You can do this exercises. Put the goal at the top of the piece of paper. What's the thing you have to do before that? What's the yeah. thing you have to do before that? And you can do this with a friend. You can say, hey, you know, do you want to go do Kentucky? Or do you want to, uh, I don't know, go to Queensland for a holiday together? Yeah, or start a side hustle together. Or start a I've business. seen some friends want to do that together and yeah, break it into all of those minute steps. So and it becomes possible. Each individual step is quite achievable. The overall goal might seem quite far out of reach, but you can you can achieve those individual steps and slowly they start to mm. snowball. Yeah. And that's why we say dollar cost averaging works. So this is the whole idea is that you go, yeah, you need 2 million bucks to retire. Everyone's going to be like, well, that ain't happening. I'm just going to go buy this extra beer. Yeah. But if you if you think I need 2 million bucks, huh, that's only 50 bucks a week for the next X of whatever years it might be. I can do this. I'm going to get <laughs> on the treadmill. I'm going to start. Yeah. And that's it why works. compound interest calculators, when that's people so go powerful. on to the Money Smart one, that sort of changes the game for a lot of people because they can see what those small increments have yeah. an impact on over time. And even with super funds, some of the funds have calculators where you can see what does a $50 additional contribution on top of what my employer does, what impact does that have on my retirement balance? And turns out it's quite a big impact. Yeah, it's huge. So, uh, that this exercise, the first and most important step is to get the person in your life thinking about that. It might be something simple. It might be a dress that they want to buy and they want to wear out for to a wedding or to dinner or something. It's 150 bucks. Let's work back from that. It's in two months you need this for. Well, how, how do we save that money? You might be able to sell an old dress on Facebook or you might be able to do a couple of extra hours working for a friend or something like this. Uh, you can do it. And here's, ha- here's the steps. And most people don't get to the, here's the steps, because they don't get excited enough about the first thing. Yeah. You mentioned before, um, and there's no accountability oftentimes, but that's where you can come in. Uh, you mentioned before you spoke to a lady last night who had downloaded the app, was super pumped to get her super sorted. She didn't do it. And if she had someone that was just like, hey, did you end up doing that thing? Um, I did mine, you know. Um, that accountability with a friend is that's where you come in. I feel like that's like the super support there. I think that's often where people come unstuck with their goals because they write this great goal. Maybe they write a couple of steps. They write a due date, but there's no accountability. And whether that's checking in with a friend, having someone that's going to follow you up, or even just putting a regular calendar reminders that you need to have done one eighth of this goal by this date. Mm. Like if you have no one checking on you and life gets busy and you forget to check on it yourself, I like a lot of time people say, I want to sort out my super this year and it doesn't happen. Yeah. I think uh, you, they might be like, oh, no, I'm catching up with Kate for brunch. She's going to talk about money again. But um, no, it, it, it actually does help, you know, like it, it is that's that can be your role. So your role is to support, not to do it for them, yeah. uh, and to help them, to guide them. It's like when you go to the gym; you're not motivated unless your mates like, "Hey, bro, are we going to the gym?" And you're like, "I don't want to, but I'm going to go because I know he's going to drag me there." Yeah. And that's you get there and you feel great. 
Yeah. Even if you go, can we sort out our super together? Yeah. We're going to just sit down for an hour over coffee and figure it all out together. Figure this thing out. Yeah. And so- Power in numbers. Power in numbers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's one of the things. If you can find a relationship where you can have that little bit of accountability- or you can help others with that accountability, it will go a long way. I think the thing to be just be mindful of this, we talk, this is just about anyone talking about money. From a relationship perspective, it can be quite difficult. So the conversation is sometimes requiring more patience. Because there's a lot more tied up in it. Yeah, there's emotion around it. But if you're just like your friend, you don't owe them anything. So you're just kind of in conversation. It's a bit easier to be that support. But if you're in a relationship where things can impact you, we did talk about like how things can go bad um, pretty quick. That's not to say you shouldn't talk about it. You should talk about it. And again, you just need to focus on engaging on the level. But just be mindful that like we've talked about this and we talked about this with Evan not too long ago, is there is like it, it's, it's so important to take care of yourself if you are in that situation. Something that I've come around to is just taking care of yourself and making sure that you're okay. Um, and that's not you being selfish. It's actually you feeling more confident. And that might mean, you know, obviously transparency with your partner is ultimate. That's what, it, what do you call it? Financial infidelity or something. Well, that's the opposite of transparency. Yeah, that's the opposite of transparency. So you, you do want to like, have that control, but you don't want to be the person that's controlling. Uh, and I think a lot of the research will emerge to show that people who are in control of even a micro budget, like off to the side, they'll be more confident with money. Um, and I think that is something to be okay with as well. If you can't convince your partner uh, to get interested in money, you may need to take ownership of whatever that part of it is. And you do the investing and you do this. Like, it, it's always important to communicate and together you are stronger, but sometimes just be aware you may need to do a bit of it yourself. Yeah. And that that's okay too. So like I'll give you a I'll give you an example. Um me and my partner, we have different goals. I want to do Everest. She doesn't necessarily want to do Everest. It's not that she doesn't want to do it, I guess, as a whole thing, but she has other priorities. So it's about our goal is conflicting. So then maybe I can save separately for that. And maybe she can save separately for her thing. And then that way it just makes it's like the best of both worlds. You still have shared goals, you still have like a team account where you pay bills and do all that, but you still have some of your independence and you don't feel like you're giving up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's really important in relationships um, to have that little bit of control, a little bit of autonomy, but also together. Uh, makes a lot of sense. So, I guess, Kate, we've, we've talked about for 30 odd minutes. I'm just looking at the recording now. <laughs> um, what do we basically want to leave everyone with? Yeah. I would say that not everyone wants to have the same conversations about money and people are going to relate to it in different ways. But if you mm. want to be the person that talks about money with your friends and family, then thinking about how you can start to raise those topics in conversation so people know they can come to you for those conversations if they want. And just being mindful that you're not pushing your agenda on anyone because everyone's going to do things differently. A lot of people will not want to talk about money right now or ever. And no amount of 
pushing from you is going to help and it's probably going to do more harm than good to the relationship overall. I've known plenty of people that have never wanted to talk about money and will never, ever want to talk about money, but I, I leave the door open. So, if they ever want to talk or I can send them any resources they want, I'm there. But at the end of the day, it's people's own lives. Mm-hmm. But I think you can be a good resource. And just if you do something with your Supra, if you negotiate a pay rise, just telling friends that you do that, friends and loved ones, so they go, okay, maybe I can do that too. Mm. If that person did it, then why can't I? Yeah. And you might go years and you can't get through to your friend. And that's okay. You know, you can be there to support them. And I think that is uh, a lesson in itself is that- a lot of people are the types of learners where they've got to figure it out for themselves. And that's what we're trying to do here is trying to get you to act as a support to let them figure it out in a safe way. Yeah. And, and you won't always be the right person to talk to them about what they're going through. Yeah. If they're going through trying to get out of debt, it might be better to refer them to a financial counsellor. They might be in a position where they should be referred to a financial advisor or a psychologist or something like that. And you might not be the right person to help them with what they're going through. Yeah. And that's completely cool. Just be there, support them, help them. You can even like, again, we're not, this is not a plug about us, but you can send them the podcast. Just send them one of your favorite episode from this podcast, which relates to them. Might not even be one about finance. Might be some completely random that we talked about, but it might just be enough. Updating your wills. Yeah. (laughs) Don't send them that one. (laughs) So, um, but seriously, you can send them anything doesn't have to be our, our content or anything. Like you just send them something because maybe they don't need it from you. Maybe they need it from someone else because they don't want to feel like they're being lectured to. The amount of people that say, oh, friend sent your podcast to me and I've been listening. And I'm like, cool. That's like the best thing you know, for us. So, um, yeah, it's important that we're there to support our friends and family and partners with this. Don't take it all on yourself. It's okay. Be patient. Be kind. Put in the work to educate. And, and don't really- take it personally if they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Just come back and talk to us when we <laughs> go on the road. We'll be talking to you about it. Yes. We, yeah, we'll it- be in Melbourne on the 9th of December oh, yeah, on Friday night from yes. 5 p.m. or so. So, tickets should be available the time this episode goes live. If Owen gets his act when together, does this go live? <laughs> it goes live next Friday. We're recording this on Thursday, the 10th of November. I've got a feeling the tickets might be sold out by then. But don't worry, there will be an online version. Well. If you're interested, you can cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we will be, Kate and I are planning to go on the road properly in 2023. So, Perth, Adelaide, Queensland, Tassie, if you're around and listening, keep your eye out, keep your ear to this podcast because we do want to come down and meet you guys. So, um, yeah. Keep, keep your out because we, that's the best part of doing this together. We, otherwise, we're just talking to the mics. <laughs> so, Kate, as always, thanks for joining me uh, in this yeah, conversation I about decide to join a you conversation in, <laughs> in on money. So, thank you. No, we'll continue talking about money for the rest of the day. So, we thank do you. have a few other conversation topics, but thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. 
Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.